Welcome to Layer 8 Podcast, hosted by Greg Sasso and Victor Coronazario, where technology and business strategies converge to support the most important layer, the IT users. Welcome back to the exciting conclusion of I Wish I Knew How to Quit You, too, where we finish our story. I talked to the uh, owner and told him this is what's going on, so I'm going to have the incumbent demo. Uh, do a demonstration to us for us. So what I did was involve operations people and executive people in the demo too. So I, it wasn't just me because, you know, I, I, I'm business oriented, but I'm still in charge of the technical stuff. Yes. So I wanted people to focus on the user experience and help me with that. And I would focus on the technical stuff. As you should. I mean, anything, I mean, quick aside again, anything should always involve the end users. And this was one of the systems where they were going to be heavily using it. So right. Victor did the right thing on that. Right. So they, 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 they bring in the people to the demo. They brought in the VP of operations. I don't know why. And they brought in a salesperson, um, you know, really cute salesperson. And she pretty didn't do anything but look at her phone the whole time. They brought their tech guy, who's usually the only people I trust in any company because they're the ones that have to do the work. So they won't overpromise. And the sales guy didn't even show up that day. Uh, so they did the demo. That's weird. Yeah, that is very weird. But... They did the demo. Uh, my people like them. They're, they're great. I mean, they have great personalities. They've been very trained on that. Know that. And, and, and I like the demo too. But it was, in terms of the features, it was comparable to the, mm-hmm. the other system that we I mean, it's get. a phone system. I mean, right. honestly, you're going to get the same thing across the board nowadays. Right. Uh, and then, except that with the other one, the users don't see the other part of it, the back end. Yeah. So to them, they both look the same. Yeah. And that's why you need the users and a tech in yeah. there. Uh, so they do the demo, and, and I talked to the VP, and I told them, listen, this is a very difficult situation, so I need you guys to give me you know, a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe even three weeks, depending on what happens. Uh, because I have to meet with the owner, and the owner's busy. Sometimes he cancels on me. I mean, that happens, and yeah. I, you know, there's no problem. So he said, fine, whatever. I, in the, within those two weeks, I got like five or six calls asking for updates, and me telling them, I haven't met, I haven't met yet. I am, when, as soon as I meet with him, I tell you. Um, we got one call saying, hey, we were going to fix this problem for one of the ops people. No, one of the executive people. Um, so we want to talk to her. And, and she's very high up. Uh, I told them, why don't you do this? Give the information to my administrative assistant. And she will talk to her about it. Because this is just a help desk ticket. You don't need to be involved in this. The next day, they showed up with the VP of operations, a technician, and the account rep, and the salesperson. They showed up at my office unannounced. I was at a job site. My administrative assistant calls me frantic because, you know, she sees this as a big deal. They're trying to bother this ops person that's very high up in the company, telling her that they want to talk to her. I told her, turn them around. And that's what she did. I don't know if they were angry at it, but I don't care. Too bad they're a vendor. You don't show up like that at a business. Disrespectful. I mean, to me, it's disrespectful and unbusinesslike, I think. The same MO they did to me um, prior. Right. So then, then the next step was... I talked to them again, and I told them, listen, guys, you showed up. You shouldn't have done that because I wasn't there. You want to talk to the CEO? I'll ask him for you. But there's no reason you should talk to him because, first of all, he doesn't care. about. He just cares that it works. What are you going to talk to him? Technical abilities of your company? The details of the phone? He barely even picks up his phone. He has an assistant for that. So he doesn't care about that price. We could talk to him about price. Completely at the end, once if I pick you, at that point, maybe I would involve him. But that's it. So please, you know, don't do that again. And don't try to ask for him because you're not going to get it. Sometimes he cancels on me. And I work for him. 
directly. <laughs> you know, so what do you think you're going to get in an unannounced visit? So he said he understood whatever this and that. I told him, I'm going to speak to the president tomorrow, to the owner tomorrow. And then he said, fine. And I told him even the time. And I know I told him the time because he called me like half an hour before my meeting saying that he needed to talk to me. And I was in a meeting before that one, so I didn't answer. Then he sends me a text. And I got the text after I met with the president half an hour later saying that, hey, to my surprise, you're, in a, you're not in a month-to-month contract. You still have 20 months left on your contract. Now, mind you, this is where it starts to get fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy. This is the guy and the other people that I've been talking to for about a month and a half. All the time saying we're in a month-to-month. I had seen the, the last contract briefly, and it was for 14 months. And the 14 months had passed. So maybe I should have checked everything before. And this is one of the lessons learned, I guess. But at that point, talking to them, seeing the old contract, I thought everything was fine. All right. So that day, I wanted to send them an email with some choice words. (laughs) And maybe I could say them and we can bleep them out. Nah, that's too much work. (laughs) So I waited. Maybe I should have done it that night, but I, was, I said no. Cooler because, has prevailed, but yeah, the other one would have been funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, I sent him an email saying, hey, this is a surprise. We've been talking the whole time that this is month to month. You guys came in, did a demo, did this and that. And the whole time you're telling us it's month to month, we're assuming that you're offering us a better deal because we're month to month and you don't want to lose us. And at the last minute, you tell me this. This is the contract that I have for 14 months that expired last month and a letter from somebody in the company high up saying, we're not going to renew your contract. We just want to go month to month until we transfer to a new provider. Let me know what you think and why do you think uh, we're, we're on a 20 month, uh, still have 20 months in our term. His answer the next day, his inside counsel sends me an email and a letter delivered to our office saying that if we cancel the contract, they will vigorously pursue blah, 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 blah. Basically saying that we owe them 20 months if we canceled right now. He attached an invoice for the 20 months. He did not attach, guess what? The contract. He didn't attach the contract that I could refer to into that letter. And people, if you don't know this already, just because someone sends you a bill for something does not mean you have to pay it. No, well, I know that. I won't pay well, it. Well, but some people don't. Right, Again, right. you don't have to pay it. Make sure you owe it before you pay it. Right. So my next email is, hey, guy, <laughs> I want to use another word, <laughs> uh, to the VP uh, of operations because the sales guy hasn't talked to me since. I was expecting to get the contract for you explaining, from you explaining why the 20 months. What I get is an email and a letter from your counsel saying that we, we owe you 20 months if we cancel, and basically a threat, threatening us that they were or they would charge this. So can you please send me the contract so I can see it and compare with the one that I have here? Fine. Okay. Also, to you, anyone that's a vendor out there listening, that is no way to do business at all. What they were doing was now freaking out because we were going to leave. Right. And what they should have done was called up and doing, what can we do to keep your business? Not threatening because we were going to leave. That's just ridiculous. Because at that point, I hadn't told them yet that I was going to leave. And I was still, I mean, it was still really up to the owner to say, well, Victor, they're cheaper. And if he said that, I would have tried to convince them otherwise. But if he said that, we would have gone with them. There was still that chance. So this happened before I even told them about my decision. 
Um, so then at that point, I try to involve counsel, but at, at that point, uh, my, my management thought, well, at this point, just, just, just ask him for the contract. Just so, so, and then tell us what's going on. So I, I, I got forewarned by a few friends of mine uh, about their practices, meaning, you know, cutting people off and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm the IT guy. I'm paranoid. So, and, and, and at the end, even if the vendor messed up, it's still my fault. And anyone knows too, this, this is not like a server went down. I can't just go somewhere and buy it. If your, I, if your phones are down, that's not a quick fix. No. You know, you can't switch a vendor in a day. It's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's not your own switch that you're managing. Is the line. We can't control the lines at all, except plug them into one of our routers. <laughs> yeah. That's it. The service that comes through it, we can't control it at all. So for you executives out there, you know, be a little more lenient on your IT people when they tell you they're having problems like that because they can't fix it. All they can do is yell at people. And even if they yell at people, if it's a crooked company and they don't care, they yeah. won't care and they won't do it. That's it. I mean, you're, that's why you have to establish good business relationships. Yeah. It's so important. Uh, but anyway, so at this point, it takes me like four or five days to get the contract back. It's ridiculous. I mean, I get it by pieces, whatever. I finally show it to my lawyer. My lawyer thinks the same thing that I'm thinking. This is BS. This does not make sense. So t my lawyer tells me, tell him that this is what we're going to do. We need to see all the contracts now. All right. Now, what I did later on was look at some, some uh, reviews, like the bad ones, not the good ones, because you go to the reviews and we'll tell you the website later. You go to these reviews on these websites and it's all five stars and all categories in a very brief description that looks like the literature of the company. That's not a real review. Yeah. You have to look at the bad ones and then decide for yourself if the bad one is a person that's just an idiot or somebody that complains too much, or maybe there's some truth to this. I found reviews that looked exactly like what has happened to me. Exactly. It, when, when Victor sh had shown me those, I was laughing because I was like, if you didn't tell me up front where they came from and you handed this to me, I was like, oh, you wrote, you wrote a paper on the company. <laughs> I mean, because I was like, this is verbatim. And I was like, oh, wow, you can predict the future now because we've seen what is going to happen. So what, what happened with, the, with, the, with this particular company, and I think I've heard of another one too, but particularly this one, was that they, they basically try to entrap you into signing a contract for life, I guess. It, it's kind of like, I think it would be easier to get rid of a timeshare. <laughs> Seriously. I don't use this. I don't want it. Get, get, I'll give it to you for free. No, you have to keep it for life. <laughs> the, the only other instance of this I've ever seen was actually in a neighborhood near where I live. And it was that the, the homeowner, the HOA, when you bought the house, you would get your, an ISP connection. And the ISP had established... Was a relationship for, with, with the HOA, right? Yeah, with the HOA that was... Or the builder, excuse mm -hmm. me. That was a multi-generational contract, which to that point, I've never heard... It was a contract that they would provide ISP services to these homes for like 70 years. So your kids pre-signed a contract before they, they were born. I, and, and of course, <laughs> the service sucked. If the service was fantastic, it wouldn't have been an issue. Who but cared? the service sucked and the company wasn't going to do crap about it. And I know there was a lawsuit mm -hmm. and I think it either was resolved or it's in the middle of being resolved. But it, it's just amazing what companies do out there. I just It's right. almost, you, know, you can't even fathom it. Well, basically, uh, what this company and other companies do this too, but they they're particularly good at it. Is they say, okay, we'll auto renew for this amount of months, and it's not even your term; it's whatever their minimum is, depending on how they change it later too. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if other people do this, but at least this one, they have some terms 
that they're called universal or something like that, that, that are on their website. And those terms can change. And in the contract that you sign, it says, by the way, you have to abide by universal term. You look at them that day, and even if you agree with them, they can change. Yeah, anything, and you don't catch that in the contract. Yeah, anything in a contract that talks about it changing, no. Right. No, no, you need to have stuff written. That's what a contract is for. Right. I can tell you in person it's going to be this today and then say, oh, tomorrow you're paying me 10 times as much. So no, you, you, those kind of companies stay away from. There's too many other companies out there. Even if the, these people, and typically what they do is they lowball up front right. normally yeah. to get you in the door and then they change the terms. Any company that's talking about terms changing, stay away from them. Pay more at, at another reputable company. You're paying and it's worth it. It's they absolutely worth it. They are cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So the, the point here is, is that in terms of the contract that I, that I dealt with was that the service order was signed for a particular amount of time and their position is that the minimum term is higher than what the person actually asked for. So the service order is attached to the terms, but the terms contradict it yeah, the directly. And the service order, the term that the person put in there, the previous person, was typed in by the provider. It right. wasn't that they wrote it in. They typed it in. And then the provider signed it. Oh, a day later, a, after the terms day, were signed. Exactly. So when you look at that, you're like, there's something not right with this. The way they signed it, they signed it. They said it was the terms that they wrote were okay. If right. they weren't okay, they should have freaking said something. Right. So at this point, so I just at that point I left it to the lawyers, and we wanted to go through these story guys because we wanted to go through the lessons learned, so you would have a use case. Because when we say these things, some people might look at it as we are very paranoid or untrusting. And yeah, we are. They're right. Because we're older. But also, so you see what can happen if you don't pay attention to these lessons learned. And like Victor and I, we've been talking, you know, normally you don't have to deal with stuff like this. This is just such a, a weird issue to have with someone that's just so untrusting these, with these people. But normally you don't have to, but still, you're responsible. You're signing the contract. You need to know what you're getting into. And, and unfortunately, for people that haven't signed contracts before, you don't know what to even look for. You don't even think about you know, what could possibly happen. It's important to get someone that, you know, get a lawyer, not just like, you know, hey, I know this guy that you know, handled my divorce. No. no. Get a contract lawyer. Have them look at it. Tell them what you're looking for in detail. Yeah. I want a contract that provides me a certain speed. I can get out if there's issues in the contract. All that should be written in the contract. Right. Well, and it's that ignorance of the law, unfortunately. Although I empathize with people that get into this, it's not an excuse at a court. Yeah. They don't care. You signed it. That's all that matters. You're legal. You and didn't even, read it? Even you then, know, that's, you know. That's it, right? That's what I was going to ask you. Sometimes the out clauses are, yeah, you can get out. You have to pay us all the money that you were due. <laughs> that, that's not an out clause. That's, right. I might as well stick with a the contract then or just get another one and let that one ride through. Right. Exactly. So that's not an out clause. And don't be afraid to read it, ask questions. And if they don't want to change it, the I learned this years and years ago from my dad. Never be afraid to walk away. First time I went to buy a car, I wanted this car. You know, my dad went with me, negotiated a price on this car. Beautiful. 300ZX back in the day. Oh, look at him. He, oh, always, I know, he right? always talks about that, man. It's like that IROC C or something. I know, it was. I was looking at one of those, too. Yeah. Beautiful car. We get in there. We negotiate the price. They try to throw in a processing fee of $250. My dad's like, nope, that's not where you get to. We're walking out. And I'm, my face is like, what? I want the car. I want and the car. we're walking out. And I'm like crying. This, like, I was, I think, 16, 17, crying my eyes. I'm like, dad, I'll pay for it. 
He's like, nope. We didn't even get to the parking lot. The guy brings back in, hey, no, please come back in. My dad walked back in. And the guy's like, you know, so we're supposed to, this is part of every contract. He's like, you guaranteed a price when we shook hand, hands on it. I'm not paying that money. Now, what the guy did was he went back and said, sorry, I have to charge you this. But what I'll do is I'll knock another $250 off the price. My dad was fine with that. Okay. But right. again, going back to it is that, you know, people say stuff, make sure it's in writing. Get it guaranteed. Do not let, you know, and also don't be afraid to walk away. Because there's, I mean, telecom, how many vendors are there? I mean, we can probably name 10 off the top of our heads. So one person, there's going to be another contract that's better. Right. Well, uh, and then, so the, I wish I, I knew how to quit you. <laughs> this is oh. truly a broke back contract. This is insane. Just getting out of this contract is just like, wow. Yeah. It's, I, I think divorce is easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And why is divorce expensive? Because it's, it's worth it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. We're not telling people to get divorced. We're pro-family. That's just a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> so let's go into the lessons learned. I mean, we've gone long into this show. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to, how to parse it so you get the right information and what you need. But we want to go into the lessons learned. This is, we're spreading the gospel, people. <laughs> we, you need to listen to this one, if not anything else. Learn. And, you might not, and you might know this, and if you know it, tell it to everybody, please. Learn from this, because some, some things you look at, even from these instances... We've both been in the field, what now, going on 20 years? Yeah. Mm. There's some stuff we're learning, like, you don't even know what you have to know. And you have to become an expert on everything just to make sure you don't get screwed, right. unfortunately. So uh, my first uh, lesson that, and, and I've been in 20 years, but this is the first time that I actually had to do this in detail, was always look at the original contract when, we start talking, when you start talking to people, especially if you are not the one that signed it. Especially. Because you make some assumptions, but you don't know if the last guy that you replaced got a crooked salesperson, didn't read it, whatever. Always have the original contract even before you meet with the salesperson. So you got the um, next one? The next one is, you know, make sure that salespeople have their story straight. I would also say is that, listen, if you have a gut feeling that there's something wrong, and, and what I liked about in the past when working with Victor is that with these large contracts, I always had Victor in the room with me and looked at it. Right. And I, we would talk afterwards. I'm like, what do you think? And it wasn't just, you know, the pricing. It was, you know, do we think we trust these people? Right. And some of them, the answer was no. And really, at that point, I didn't care if the price was better. I would go with someone else because I'm like, my gut is always right. Well, most of the time. Right. Well, I mean, your gut feeling is really experience. Right? Yeah. It's something triggering in your brain from a look, the tone of voice. You should trust that. Some people call it intuition. I'm, I'm more scientific about it. I just think it's experience. Yeah. You know, like, I've seen this guy before. You look different, but you have the same MO. You yeah. know, trust your gut, okay, about that. The next but, one is, you know, uh, don't share information between competitors. I mean, that's This seems of, to be common sense, it, but it's not. I've seen it, it, it it's happen. It's not. You know, vendors will do what they can to try to get a feel for, well, what are you paying now? It doesn't matter. Or what are you willing to pay? Even that, that kind of stuff. What is it valued at? It doesn't matter. Give me your best price. Right. I mean, that's kind of, if you do that... You're doing kind of like the price is right. Didn't you hate that person that bet $1? Oh, my God. You wanted to punch them in the face. <laughs> right. So you're doing that. You, if you share, first of all, I think it's actually illegal. We have to look this up to tell people about it maybe well, in our contracts comments. Contracts we read are supposed to be confidential. So yeah. con con A contract that a vendor gives you is confidential. But and I'm not saying that has happened to me before, but I've seen it happen before where people say, yeah, I gave them my pricing to see if they could lower 
don't do that. Then they're not giving you their best price. Yeah. They could have given you 10% and now they give you two because that's all they need to get under. You're doing your company that you're, you're representing a disservice. It should be they come back and you could say, if they ask at that point, are we in the ballpark? You're in the ballpark, but is this your best and final? Right. Again, don't mislead them either because, you know, to be fair to salespeople, that is, you know, the good ones, that is their job. And they spend a lot of time getting these proposals done for you and all that. You know, be honest with them too because and I, and that's I, unfair. And I'm like, I know what, you know, certain services are worth because I've been in the field a while. And I'm like, I'm willing to pay, you know, good money for good service. And, and give me that. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to get it to where you're losing money. Right, right. Now, the other one is make sure you have access to counsel. That's very important because... We I've gotten into situations. I've been an IT manager for a little bit. I mean, I usually did more than IT managing. I did other stuff, but I was in charge of these things for. I've been in charge of these things for a long time. And what happened was that I ended up reading the contract, asking for help. But the owner, my supervisor, whoever, would say, "Yeah, no, no, we don't have a lawyer. That costs too much. Just just sign it like that." Your answer should be, "I recommend that counsel looks at this. If you want to take responsibility for the legalese." <laughs> On it that I'm signing, yeah. that's fine, but and I that, can't and, take responsibility. And for I would that even part. say verify that in an email. I mean, again, I hate to have to do that, but it's you, you don't want someone to say you never told me that. Right. Right. Well, in our impulse, I think good, good employees don't want to bother their bosses. They want to take care of things at their level and then tell them it's done. But there are certain instances that you you're just not a you're not a lawyer. Well, in this scenario, you're you're managing the process. You don't have to do everything yourself. You're right. telling them, "I need a your you boss need is there. Resource, your right? boss is there to provide resources." You're saying, "I need a resource of a legal counsel." Counsel, right? Say it wrong. Right. That's all right. Uh, so the other one is uh, make sure that the terms don't appear, don't even appear to contradict the order that you placed. I and, mean, if, if 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 it seems funny to you. Ask your lawyer again. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, legal ease yeah. can be, like Victor said, double negatives. They, I, I think they write it on purpose. That's why lawyers make so much money. And this, <laughs> that's not a slam against lawyers. Right. right. But you want to also, like I said, mark up the contract, too. If you don't like something, ask the sales rep, I want this. And then have the lawyer verify that that's what they're giving you. Right. Yeah. So the marking of the contracts is a very important one that a lot of people don't know. They just don't do it. Yeah. Now, don't write up another new contract because it's going to take you like three months to make this order. Yeah. But look through it and say, oh, but I don't like that sentence. Mark it off. Write, write up something, initial it. Send it to them. When they send it back to you, make sure that those changes are there. And I, I think the final thing is, is that on any company, we've said it, but we didn't say it right now, and that's why we're saying it now, right. is do your due diligence. Look at their past, past clients of theirs don't ask them for references. That's ridiculous. I've never understood that because, of course, they're going to give you people that, that, that like them. Right. Ask around. You know, if you're in IT, you probably have friends. Go to, you know, you should be, again, another side, you should be members of networking events and everything that, you know, that's for the industry. Ask around. See who's used them. And if they still use them, you know, what, what works, what doesn't. And if people that said, I don't like them, why? Just because right. one person says that the company sucks doesn't mean they suck. It means right. there was a bad issue there. But if you start getting to three and four and everyone you talk to, you might want to take put some weight to that depending on who it's coming from. Right. One of the review we websites, which we're going to put in our resources in our blog at PrometheusConsultingLLC.com, is www.voipreview.org. That's O-R-G slash reviews. You go in there, look for reviews. Don't look for the good ones. Look at the bad ones. Not to say that just the bad ones count, but look at the bad ones to see if they were written thoughtfully. You know, if the person said they sucked, don't don't look at that. That's stupid. Look at details. If 
if, if an IT manager, an IT director or CIO took the time to write an article and it has more than one paragraph, you should pay attention to it. And at least read it. And like I said, is that's, that's how we came that we're like, oh my God, this is our story. Right. And, yes. and it, it's scary because it was, and then you're like, well, they wrote the whole story. So now you're seeing where you, your story stops and theirs continues. So you basically know what's going to happen in the future. Right. It's like talking to Miss Cleo. Yeah. Well, not her. She's a fake. Yeah. Walter <laughs> <laughs> Mercado. Ah, oh, no, you don't know that one. He's from no, Puerto Rico. Yeah, anyway. we don't know either, so. All right. So that's the end of our long-winded rant. <laughs> I hope uh, it was beneficial uh, to you guys. I really, I really hope it did. This, this, is, this is why we do these podcasts for things like this, to make sure that people are prepared to talk to vendors, to deal with executives, to deal with technology. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can check us out on iTunes under Prometheus Layer 8. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also follow us on Twitter at PC Layer 8 Podcast. That's the number eight. Make sure to tune in next Tuesday for an exciting new episode.